shop. It's a sweet trip to a candy shop where bonbons play on the sunny beach in Peppermint Bay. Lemonade stands everywhere, Cracker Jack bands fill the air, and there you are, happy landing on a chocolate bar. Hello again, and welcome to episode 122 of the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. Um, I'm Christine. And you know what, Christine? You and I, we're just like chewing gum. We tend to stick around. We stick around or something. Something like that. Uh, We, on this episode, have two (laughs) movies to discuss. We do. Uh, They are thematically connected, I think. Uh... Two very different movies from very different times, but both about complicated female friendship, would you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Would you tell the fine folks what what movies we are going to be discussing? We're going to be talking about earlier this year's Greta in 1971. Mm -hmm. What's the matter with Helen? What's the matter with Helen? I don't know why. I always feel like it should be said with a dramatic Italian accent. Italian accent? What's the matter you, Helen? Are there Italian threats in this? Not at all. No. No. Very. No. It just feels right in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we had teased talking about Greta Mm -hmm. last time, and we did. And then you were like, let me just pick something. And I was like, cool. And then you picked. What's the matter with Helen? The Italian movie. Yes. Oh, what's the matter with Helen? I'm excited because it is the first of hopefully more Curtis Harrington films that we'll cover. Uh, I am, I just find him a very intriguing director. I feel like, it, you know, every now and then when you find a filmmaker and you realize like, oh, if you and I like worked in the same office, we would totally be best friends. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> Like, you know, I, our paths would never cross. I'm but... very curious to hear you talk about this movie. Okay. Because... Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I have, I, I would say I have feelings, but I think I have a lack of feelings. Oh, interesting. So. Um, he, I mean, his filmography in general, all, it, it's not all the same. It's just that he's a, I think he's a very fascinating filmmaker who is interested in a lot of the same things I'm interested in. Uh, namely mm-hmm. Shelley Winters being crazy So maybe that's just yep. it I mean these are things that connect to me uh, And Greta as we said This would be our third I think uh, Neil Jordan film And we have things I think To point out about. <sighs> yeah. yeah But before we do that yeah. uh, yes. It's been a few weeks Christine what other forms of entertainment Have you been consuming Well I felt like I had to sneeze And then I didn't So oh, if well, I sneeze good. apologies in advance I'm going to say Bless you, and then take it back. But know that it's Thank out you. there if you need to grab it. Um, thanks, I appreciate that. Maybe it'll, maybe it ran away. Um, so I actually kind of have a decent amount Ooh. of movies on this list, um, but a lot of them I don't want to talk about. So this Why? might be quick. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> we went and saw Hobbs and Shaw okay. in, in Dolby. Mm-hmm. Um, opening weekend because I was extremely excited for this movie and I didn't like it at all. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Have you seen? I know you know you're a I Fast think, and Furious head. Oh, good God, I hate you. Uh, we we've co- we actually <laughs> covered quite a few of the Fast and the Furious, and I've gone on record as saying I don't get it. I just don't you get love it. Them. I I love a dumb good action movie. I think Fast and Furious films are very dumb, but I don't find them fun, with the exception of number five. And I didn't see number six. The first one with The Rock, I think it was number five, was genuinely a good time. I Mm -hmm. think part two was the other one I liked, and I know everybody thinks two is the worst one. So what that says about me. I think you liked two because it was weird and, like, didn't follow the same kind of formula. And also, also. Yeah. Two is exceedingly stupid. It's really stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like at one point I I was like ironically okay with these movies mm-hmm. and then I actually liked them and then I was genuinely excited for this because I mean it's a Fast and the Furious movie without my least favorite thing oh, about okay. the Fast and the Furious okay. movies which would be Dom and this isn't it was look I know a lot of people had fun with it and if you had fun with it that's fucking awesome I did not Mm. I did not enjoy it I thought it was very sloppy and very messy and not enjoyable in the way that I wanted it to be where does it rank to you in the franchise like is Um, it near the bottom is it like part one bad or no no it's 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 probably towards the bottom. There's definitely pro- pro- production value there, and there's definitely sure. stunts there and stuff. But, but like, we're to the point, and I mean, you know, even in the ones you've seen, like five, that yep. it's not car stunts anymore. It's like, it, it is literally the rock holding, holding onto a truck in a, in a helicopter <laughs> with, with a chain. Like, like you that's do. Not, that's not real life anymore. But mm-hmm. I think that, um, What's his face there? Um, Luther. Jason. Why can't Jason. I think of his name? Oh, 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 Idris Elba. Oh, Idris. <laughs> I thought he was really great. Good. Like, really good. He was he was a real standout in it. So, honestly, if somebody was like, oh, we're rewatching somebody. I, like, I'm pretending <laughs> like I don't know who it is. Honestly, if my husband was like, we're rewatching all of them, I would be, like, looking forward to this one just so I could mm. see Idris again. If so, anybody made me rewatch something. all of them, I... I just I I get that they bring people joy and I think that's wonderful. I and I and you know what? A, cu- a couple weeks ago, I had a very very intense argument with coworkers about Grease Two and the Step Up franchise, and I was just like, I was clutching my pearls with <laughs> just so being so offended that somebody could not understand why I think those are genuinely fun movies, and so yeah. I get it. I get it. It's just, it, it, yeah, they, they, they Fast and Furious are just not fun to me. It's not. I know. I can't it's not, and, and you're not begrudging anybody else no, the enjoyment no, no. they get. Off Enjoy it, it, please. When I say I hate a movie or I didn't like something, it is in no way a case for other people to not like it. Yes, it's just my yes, opinion same. on it. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I was disappointed. I had high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man do i even we we were just like let's watch rock movies so (laughs) we watched the journey to the center of the earth sequel okay which is journey to the mysterious island see it works on two different levels oh i see what they did there journey to journey to t-o-o i get it um i don't even remember watching this movie (laughs) 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 the rock is in it and josh hutchinson 
Peter, like Peta. Okay. Yeah. I always wonder if I'm saying his last name right. Yeah. Um, he was in it. Oh, and this this links very ironically to the next movie. I guess we were doing some themes. Um, also, I watched Zathura, which Josh Josh Hutcherson is in too. Oh, that is okay. That's John Favreau. And what's here's what's really crazy about that. It's based on a book by the same guy that did Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything Wild, everything right? connects. Everything's connected. In the Matrix, I think it people. was all Yes. So Kristen Stewart is also in it, although very, very sparingly. She's she barely shows up. And PETA is very young. He's very young in it. Um it is really cute and funny. Good. I liked it a lot. It might be one of my favorite things on this list of movies that I've watched. <laughs> it was really charming, and I Good. really liked it. I don't know why people don't, like, rep for it harder. Because, mm. you know, there are people who, like, Jumanji's the best movie. I love Jumanji. Oh, nostalgia for Jumanji. Earl, where are the people with nostalgia for Zathura? Yeah. I mean, Maybe whatever. they're not of age yet, because that was later enough. Like, that was probably 2000 sure. or so. Like, yeah. that yeah. generation doesn't have a title yet, maybe. I guess. I mean, but I don't know. It, it was fun. The way people are are on John Favreau, you would think they'd be like, "Oh, this undiscovered Favreau gem." Right, right, right. But I, I hear you. That's cute. Um, watch the Godzilla sequel. Wait, the Godzilla, Finally. the the new one, the King of Monsters. The King, of, King of Monsters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I really didn't like. But what did you think? Oh boy. Oh boy, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Tell me, tell me what you <laughs> liked a... about it. Can you name anything? Bradley Whitford. That was the only thing I liked about it. Uh, it was a real phone picker upper. Like it was like it was yeah. it was like oh hey I can't even pay attention to this anymore. Uh, it yeah. made no character choices made no sense. I didn't care about anything. Yeah. I don't and know the how they're so good. You, that, you that were not allowed to put Vera Farmiga in a movie and then deserve her character that much. I simultaneously thought there was too much character stuff and not enough character stuff. Yeah, like, you are so right about that. It was weird. It yeah. was weird. And I and it did this thing, and I, I think we, we say this a lot, but, like, who was this movie for? Oh, goodness. Like, I don't yeah. know what the demographic it was going for. Like, as many things, issues I had with the, the, the last one with, like, Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. I like that one more than this one. Oh, I, I, don't know. I liked <laughs> Godzilla 2014. I did not like King of the Monsters. Mm. I, wonder, I had... Was it easy? Because I saw it in the theater, which was really bad, because then I didn't, couldn't even take out a phone. I just kept thinking about like stuff I had to do at work the entire time. But uh, could you see uh, it? it? I felt like I couldn't see anything. No, you're completely right. And like, they they have these monsters, Right. I don't. This should have been a visual. They spent piece. a lot of money on the monsters. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't. I didn't understand um, Millie Bobby Brown's character at all. Yep. Yeah. Like I just didn't. I didn't understand anybody's motivations. No, no. That's fine. Don't make it be a character-driven movie. Yeah, it didn't make have it be to be. A... But then don't spend so much time on the characters if you don't care oh. about them. So weird. Yeah. I I really didn't enjoy it. I was bummed. I, yeah. Not that I had high expectations, but I thought it would be a cool monster movie. Yeah, I I did not care for it one bit. Um, there on Amazon Prime there is a version of uh, Agatha Christie's The Crooked House with Ooh. um Glenn Close 
and Christina Hendricks Ooh. and a lot of other Julian Sands, Gillian oh, Anderson. Uh. It's really good. You, That's all. You, I'm really writing good. that one down. That sounds exciting. Uh, it's good. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Nothing to say. It's fun. Um, I also watched a movie, and I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but it's the best movie in the world, and I think you would love it. Ooh. It's called The Falling. The and it's Falling? Is it a biography about me? No. Um, although, there is a lot of falling. In I mean, that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> it's written and directed by a lady. And, um, which was initially why I was interested because the the plot is a little, like it could go either way. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like really sold on it just based on the synopsis. And I was like, okay, well maybe it's an interesting point of view. And it has, um, Florence Pugh is in it. Ooh, my new Um, favorite thing in the world. And what Game of Thrones is that, Zach? The little one. Uh, Arya? Yeah. Okay. The little one. The little one. She's low. Uh, Maisie Williams. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. She's, she's actually, like, the lead in it. Um, holy shit, this is the best movie I mean, ever. just, I would see any movie with the two of them together, so that excites me. It's really good and weird nice. and dark and, like, fucked up. Into I love it. Like, like, quiet and contemplative. Okay. I really liked it. I want everybody to watch it. I it's will just, seek it out. I it sounds it. wonderful. It was really good, and I would like more people to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, watched oh because we were talking about Crawl, the uh, the Aja mm-hmm. movie. We watched Mirrors, which is an Aja movie. I, I still have seen. not seen Mirrors. Boy, I didn't like it. Yeah, I think Jason is a big fan of it, but everybody else I know hates I'd it. Love to know why. <laughs> yes, I could be wrong about that. Jason, I apologize if I'm misquoting you, but I know uh, somebody likes it, or maybe it's Erica. It's it's, it's weird. Mm, it's Kiefer Sutherland, it's, right? Yeah, it's Kiefer Sutherland, and you know what? Honestly, the end is kind of cool, mm, but okay. everything leading up to it is just kind of like, oh, all right. Is it but, streaming anywhere? I don't think so. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't. I need to start writing down how I watch things just so <laughs> I can let. No, I just. I, I feel remember. like I need to be a completist, and I need to see like movies that were poorly received when they came out in theaters in the early 2000s. I I think I need to own that. I think that that's a fine thing yeah. to be a completist yeah. on. I I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure where. I I don't remember if that's streaming. Um. What is streaming, I think, I second guess myself the second I said that, <laughs> is um, a movie called Blood of Heroes, and it's a it's a Rutger Hauer movie. Oh, okay. And a, and a very young, very handsome Vincent D'Onofrio is in it. Um, and it's like a post-apocalyptic <gasps> movie where people fight, you know, about this movie? I, I, it's on my list now, I'll tell you that much. Oh, I, I, if you see a... A still, like a still of the, from it, like a Rutger Hauer still, he has like one eye, like an eye patch. Okay. I I immediately recognized the imagery, although I had no idea that I did until it was happening to me. Got it. But I didn't, I didn't know that's what the movie was about or what it was called, but it's like a post-apocalyptic sports movie. Oh my God. (laughs) You are just making my night. I actually really liked it. Well, why would you not? It sounds amazing. (laughs) Um, it 
was hard. It got real quiet and dark in some of the scenes, okay. making it a little bit difficult to like enjoy. Mm-hmm. But it was really fun. Oh, and um, what's her face that um from Twin Peaks? I'm gonna have to look it up. Sherlyn Fenn. No, I'm gonna look it up. Okay. But um, I Zach, do you remember where we watched that? Shutter. No. Blood of Heroes. Oh, Roku Channel. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, One of, was there were there ads that were really loud? Because I still have PTSD from that time we watched Lake House. I don't think so. Joan Chen. Joan, Joan Chen. Chen. Ah, okay. I don't remember her name. I think um, of her more yeah. as the woman from On Deadly Ground, but whatever. Look, we all have our thing. Yes, we do. Um, I think of her as uh, Josie Packard. You think of her as something else. Um, I liked this movie a lot. I'm going to watch it. It sounds wonderful. I think I'm going to make a bold statement Mm -hmm. and stand by it. Oh, no. Um, There's a movie called The Watcher in which um, Keanu Reeves is a serial killer. Oh, is this directed by Eli Roth or do I have this confused with (laughs) that knock movie? I have a confused... I fucking wish it was. I'm finding it right now. I forget what year. It's from 2000. It's from 2000. It's um, James Spader, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei is not in it that much. So to say she's in it is a real misdirect. And Keanu Reeves. And uh, he's a serial killer. And you keep waiting for him not to be a serial killer. But <laughs> turns out turns out he was. Oh, Ernie Hudson's in it, I see. That, that was streaming somewhere weird, too, I think. I don't remember. Okay. Um, that I don't recommend. It was actually, you know what? You might like it. I mean, it's I'm me. I don't have good taste. It's it's two thousands, but it definitely has a like a nineties sensibility. Yeah, I mean, two thousand is still the nineties. Yeah, for sure. It definitely feels like a nine like a nineties thriller. Nice. Um, that's my recommend. Oh, this is not my recommend, but this is on Netflix, and I know that for a fact. It's called The Hollow Point, and it's like a like a cop-ish type movie, drug cop movie with Patrick Wilson. Okay, does you know the question I'm going to ask? Is is there nudity in it? Is there Patrick Wilson butt nudity, more more specifically? No, 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 no. No. At one point, like, he has a shirt off, but it's, unfortunately, it's not really exploitative. But he looks very handsome in it the whole time. I mean, he's always, he's a handsome guy. It's just, you know, I mean, come on, give the ladies what what they're asking for, is all I'm saying. It's true. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. It's not my preferred genre at all. But, like, it was about, like, cartel stuff. And it, I believe it was directed by, like, a gentleman uh, that that should be making a cartel-type movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't by a white guy. So I was, okay. I was like, okay, this is interesting. And Patrick Wilson usually is a good sign. Yes, yes. You know? Um, he does so I enjoyed interesting it. things also as well. I'd say that's what I, yeah, that's what I thought too. Like if anything, it'll be like a wild movie to watch, and it was. And John Leguizamo's in it too. I kind of liked it a lot. I don't know if anybody, if this is your preferred genre and you haven't watched it, you should. Um, saw Forty Seven Meters Down Uncaged. What did you think? You liked the first one more than I did, I believe. I really liked. Yeah, the first and I, one. I wasn't crazy about it. 
I, this movie was this movie brought nothing to the table for oh, me. That's a shame. It's a different director, I think, or is it the same guy? Or sure, it's different. Down uncaged. Uh, no, I think it's the same guy. It's the guy that did um, also the the sequel to the movie that the sequel was better. Strangers Pray at Night. Yes, I yeah. love that movie yeah. too. It's the same director. Yeah, I didn't. And it's not the direction. I, like, I had no problem with that. I just, like, it wasn't innovative or... I think the reason why I liked 47 Meters Down is because it was... It did some a few different things sure. in a genre that has kind of... You see a lot of the same stuff. Yes. And, I mean, not just shark movies, but, like, animals attack movies, period. It's kind of got, like, a lather, rinse, repeat mm-hmm. quality to it. Very true. Sadly, this movie did the same thing over and over again. It Got was it. the same beats over and over again. And that was a bummer. Um, and it was, a lot of it was underwater. You know, I mean, it's all right yeah. there in the title. But, like, it's hard to see people yep. and, like, know who's doing stuff. So you couldn't really even connect with characters and hmm. stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've heard a couple people have say that they've enjoyed it. So, like, I mean, I guess maybe it's a good shark movie. I didn't think it was. But, um... You know, to each their own. I hear you. Um, and I think the last thing I wanted to talk about was the movie The Kitchen, which... Oh, yeah, I saw, I, I'm really curious to hear you talk about it. I, I remember seeing the preview and thinking, this is either going to be great or really terrible. And then I thought to myself, oh man, I remember how excited I got when I saw the preview for Widows. And it made me think about that. And then my disappointment with Widows. So you liked this movie from what I understand. Well, I didn't enjoy Widows. I did not. Very much. At all. In in hindsight, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I would like to rewatch it because who knows? Second time, different expectations. Maybe certain things would work for me. Um, I liked this movie a lot. It is based on a comic, which I have not read, um, but it's my understanding that it got edited mm. to pieces. Like, mm. it just got completely mangled. Yep. And there is a lack of connective tissue, and there is weird, like, inconsistencies of style, if that makes sense. And it fe- it does feel like this movie was done a disservice at some point in post-production. Um, That's a shame. But I, I liked it. The performances were really good. The story was good. It was fun. What it is was... the tone? Is it because I mean the trailers I've seen have sold it as a you know as a cutting drama. This is a really interesting question um, because Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish are in it. My audience kept wanting to laugh at stuff that wasn't yeah. necessarily funny. Y- you know, like yep. this isn't really funny. Um, but there are a couple jokes in it, like, but it's not like a lighthearted romp. It's not how action movies have taken on this, this thing where almost every action movie is an action comedy. Right. It's not a comedy, but it definitely has some lighter, like sarcastic, shitty moments to it or moments that you're supposed to kind of like uncomfortably chuckle at. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think it's like to- I don't think it's tonally messy or anything. I just think the fact that you had two people who who are just known so much see, for their comedy, yeah. yeah. They just wanted to laugh. Yeah. 
Which is, I mean, it's fine, I get that, but like, I don't know. And people have said it's unwatchable and messy and awful and terrible and a bomb and all this stuff. I think that's a little dramatic. It, it act, there was a lot of good stuff in it. I liked it a lot. I don't know. I, I wonder Elizabeth if they'll Moss be able to put out a director's cut. Me. Oh, that would be so great. I would yeah. love to see it, like, in its full Right, what it was supposed to glory. be. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth can, Moss tell. challenges you because of the Scientology? Yeah. I know, I know. But she's she's, she's so really good. phenomenal. She's, like, just so good. Like, this season of The Handmaid's Tale was not so good, but damn it, she's so good. She's really good. She's really likable. Like, on screen, you you want to like her. She, like, pulls you in. Yeah. And I I was able to avoid this problem because I did not watch Mad Men. So I didn't have uh, to deal with this issue. Right, And right. now she's showing up and shit. I know. I know. I'm being really good in it. Yeah. And look, your choices are your own, but we can all we can all do our own research about the Scientology. I don't think it's a good organization, folks. Right. So, I think it's a very, very bad organization that does terrible things to people. So, you know, eh. And the last thing I wanted to mention was a movie that I saw at a film festival up here uh, called uh, Knives and Skin. Oh, yes. Now, which I don't think is available anywhere. I have heard something about Maybe I'm thinking of another movie with knife in the title. There is another movie with knife in the title, but I can't think of it right okay. now. But this is also like do like going around the mm-hmm. festival circuit. You may have heard people talking about it. Okay, so tell me about this movie. Oh, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's nice. um, a female director, Jennifer Reedus. Um, cool. She was in attendance. Um, it was really good. It was fun. It had a lot of music in it. Mm. Um, it was different and fresh. I feel so. Feel so buzzwordy, but um, <laughs> hashtag was, was really, so cool. So I'm just, it's I'm cool. My takes are cool, but the reason I mention it is because I I hope that it does end up streaming somewhere or getting distribution somewhere, and then if I see that happen, I will mention it again. Please do. I'm intrigued. Is yeah, it a horror film? Yeah, it is a horror okay. film, not in the traditional sense. Which, okay. again, everything I'm saying sounds stupid and pretentious. <laughs> um, but, like, not in, the, not in the traditional sense, but it is, it's really, really interesting. And it treats its characters with a lot of, like, care and respect. Nice. Which I appreciated. Indeed. Um, yeah. I, think, I think you would like it. I think a lot of people would like it if they got the chance to see it. So, cool. hopefully it'll show up. All right, cool. That's it. Nice. All right. My list is um, diverse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. Uh, all right, so we watched on Amazon Prime. There is a film adaptation of King Lear, starring from like last year or the year before. Uh, mm-hmm. Starring, listen to this cast. Listen to this motherfucking cast: Anthony Hopkins, Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. Emily Watson, mm-hmm. Florence mm-hmm. Pugh, Florence Pugh Pugh, which is how I kind of <laughs> always want to say her name. Uh, Ian, not Ian McDarmond, Ian Holm, and and somebody else I can't remember. Like, just ridiculous cast for King Lear. Uh, it's a very handsome production. It's very, you know, it's good looking. Everybody's great, as you'd expect them to be. But I, it's a, I, I realized two things watching it. One is like, you know, I always thought like King Lear was like one of my favorite Shakespeare plays, but maybe it's not. It kind of fizzles after a bit. Um, 
And the other thing I think is the problem because the women are great in it. Um, And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's Emma Thompson, it's Emily Watson, and it's Florence Pugh. Those are three tremendous actresses who can do anything. And they are, I thought, the best part of it. And I realized watching it, I'm like, you know, one of my favorite um, Shakespeare film, possibly my favorite Shakespeare film is Julie Taymor's Titus. I I love Mm -hmm. that movie. I I just think it, it does so many things I just want to always watch. And in that movie, Anthony Hopkins plays Titus, who is an old king who is, you know, kind of uh, makes a lot of mistakes and then goes crazy or does he go crazy and all of that. And I realized watching King Lear, I'm like, oh, wow, King Lear is very, in some ways, a very similar character arc to Titus. Only once you've seen Anthony Hopkins play Titus and get to, you know, uh, cook Jessica Lange's sons and serve them to her and then make jokes about cannibalism... It's kind of a letdown to watch him do Lear, where he never gets to go as far. So, I don't know, kind of disappointing to me on, on that note. But, I don't know, it's it's a pretty handsome production of Shakespeare, so have at it. Uh, we watched, this was a Netflix disc for Brannon, and this is Early Man from the guy who does Wallace and Gromit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know of this movie. Yes, I remember seeing the trailer for it for about two years. I think this was a movie that yeah. was made like seven years ago and just sat on a shelf somewhere. Um, it is a motherfucking delight. Is it? It is. It is. I mean, I've always liked Wallace and Gromit. I haven't watched them in a while, but I always remember finding that style and that humor really charming. And this mm-hmm. is so fun. Uh, it's It's just really, really clever. And we both were laughing so hard at such little tiny things and i highly recommend it i don't i don't think it's streaming anywhere but if it's ever comes around and like you just want something light and airy and really like smartly funny it, it's a delight i really 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 enjoyed it all right i'll have to remember that yeah um it would make a perfect double bill with the next movie that i watched uh lifetime psycho stripper <laughs> so now christine Look, i let me let me stop you right there mm-hmm. I I think that based on name alone, this movie would make me extremely angry. Well, I Is want... there things there to be angry about? I first want to hear what you think the synopsis of this movie is. Just from the title, and that it aired on Lifetime. Well, I feel like it would be um, really anti-sex worker and really anti-woman. Okay, in, in, in what way? What, what do you think happens in the movie? Well, I... I think that there's probably someone who is mildly unhinged and they happen to engage in sex work in it. I don't know. I can't even believe, I can't imagine. Is it, is it as, is it as stereotypical as like a late, a ladies go crazy for a man or something? Well, I'm going to first blow your mind right off the bat. The psycho, is it a male stripper? psycho stripper is a male stripper. Oh yeah. Fucking yes. yes. But he's the, but also, it, but wait, it's if we could still run into problems, even though I like this inversion of my expectation. <laughs> okay. So, I'm still really worried that it could be offensive. So this was a movie that I didn't think I was watching. And like, it was like, I think I was like still on my computer doing stuff and Brandon was going to bed. So he just like, without even like looking at me, he just turned the TV on, like found a movie for me to watch. He's like, I think Aww. you'll like this and walked away. Like, that's our kind of relationship. And that's adorable. The next thing I know, it's like 1145. I'm like, I should go to bed. I'm like, but there's only 15 minutes left of Psycho Stripper. 
So Psycho Stripper is about a male stripper who um, strips for a woman's bachelorette party. And then she is actually a dance instructor and she's getting married and he becomes obsessed with her. Uh, But then she finds out that the guy she's going to marry, that she is a dead ringer for his um, former girlfriend who died before the wedding who turns out to have also been the psycho stripper's ex-girlfriend. So clearly he's obsessed Wait, with her. Wait, what are the chances? Right? Because he's like, oh, you look like her, and I'm going to get her back after this guy stole her once from me. He's not going to steal her again. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making it probably sound better than it is. It's really not very good. It's actually directed or written by the guy that did um, that Girlfriends of Christmas Past movie we watched. Are you kidding me? I am really? Not. No, I would never lie to you about that. Uh, well, yeah, why would you lie about something so serious? And and it's, I mean, it's that over the top lifetime. It it is a little bit better in that, like, yeah, the crazy one is the guy, and like, it's not just about her. It's clearly about this like bitterness towards the other dude. The shame is that like there could there aren't like I was waiting the whole time. I'm like, oh, her fiance has got to also be evil, like, or he's a dick, like, and she's gonna figure that mm-hmm. out, and it's gonna be her like, it's walking out at the end, like not marrying either one of them, and that doesn't quite happen. And then it also does this really annoying thing where like the the brunette best friend, because it's always a brunette best friend who I really like because she was in um, the center stage sequels, so I was excited to see her. And, like, she's the best thing in the movie, and, of course, she dies at the very end of the movie when nobody really has to die, but they felt they needed Mm. to kill someone. So I don't really recommend it, but if you're going to watch one movie about a psycho stripper, I guess this is the one that you can watch on Lifetime. I mean, I guess I'm glad that they they subverted expectations a little bit, at least with that that title, you know? right. But I... I still don't know if this is the type of content that I necessarily need in my life. I'm not I'm not necessarily um, you know, prescribing it for you. I'm just saying it's out there. So, you know. Well, thank you. I I won't run and seek it out. Uh, now another movie in the Lifetime vein that I watched. I don't know that it was it like had to be made for Lifetime, but I couldn't find if it was de- like confirm that. So I don't want to be slanderous about it. Uh, this was is st- streaming on Netflix, and I watched it. Patrick from Scream Queens recommended it to me because he he knows what I like, and it is called Staged Killer. Now Staged Killer yeah. is also about an obsessive psychotic man who is obsessed with a woman that does not return his her affect, his affections. Uh, in this is case... All those movies are Pretty much, point? yes. Unless it's about a woman who is obsessed with a man who's in a relationship with another woman. It's, I mean, it, there's minor variations on the theme. No, no, no. I think, I mean, that makes sense. You know, I mean, fact. Tim Burton's been making the same movie for 30 years, and we don't give him that much shit about it. Nobody calls him out on it. Yeah. So, Stage Killer, it is a morning talk show host, kind of like a Kelly Ripa. Um, and this guy from her past, uh, comes back and like, is all Patrick Bateman-esque and very charming. And this is glorious. It is directed by, um, uh, Fred Olin Ray's son, who Mm -hmm. has clearly learned everything he needed to know from his father. And that's a good thing. Uh, it's one of those movies where just everything, every line, you just are like, wait, really? And characters are so stupid that it's almost charming. Um, There's a great scene where, like, her life has been threatened, her husband's been almost murdered, and she finds somebody from this guy's past. And so, like, 
you know, she's she they get together and like they get together in a restaurant and it's they're sitting down drinking champagne. That is not how you like I need to talk to you about that guy. Like I know you have stuff to tell me. Meet me at Cafe Olay and we'll order Prosecco. <laughs> That's not how this happens, but it's glorious that it does. Um so it's it's great. It is genuinely wonderful. Uh it will fill your life with laughs for ninety minutes. So Staged killer. A high recommend. Uh, okay, on uh, different switching gears a little bit, my Netflix disc this time was Climax, Gaspar Noé's Climax. Oh my gosh, we, we were just talking about this movie last night um, and how I resolved to never watch it. Why? Why are you but so anti ne- it? Because I don't love Noé. Okay. And I don't feel like I'm in a place where I need to be uncomfortable when I watch movies. Fair. Oddly also, enough, I think this might be his most accessible film. Really? Yeah. So tell me about it. Tell so me about it's it. It's a very simple story. You it basically imagine step the opening of Step Up 3 where you have a whole bunch of dancers talking to a camera about why they dance and then they just start dancing. Imagine that, but then you lock them up in a um, abandoned school and somebody poisons their, gives them like really, really bad LSD and they all go crazy and some of them get violent and do very bad things. That's the movie. It's short. It's not that it's probably about 90, hundred minutes. Um, it is bleak, but not in like, when you say bleak for, for Gaspar Noé film, Noé, however you say his name, it's like, Sesame Street, in a way. Like, it's really doesn't go anywhere near kind of, I think, the horrors or some of his other stuff. Um, if, see, I mean, you know me, and I love dancers. Like, I love movies about dancers. Yes. I I'm, I just find it fascinating. And this, it's all dancers. Like, the actors are dancers, and they're good. Like, they, they're fine on camera, but they are dancers first, actors second. And it's very much, like... So you totally buy like, oh, yeah, they're, they're different body types, but they're all gorgeous bodies and they're pure muscle and um, and oh, shit, what would happen? So they're very overly oversexed and over aggressive and all of this stuff. And it's just like a manic 90 minute episode about that. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm yeah. nervous still, but this makes me feel yeah. a little less nervous. It's it is not for everybody. Um, but I think. I don't know. It's to me. Maybe this. What does this say about me? Like, I found it lighter than some of his other stuff. Maybe just because I also knew going in what I was getting. Um, yeah. And so I knew, like, okay, I, I know terrible things are going to happen to all of these people. I'm ready for that. I, I'm not. It's not so. I mean, irreversible. Like you know what happens, but the way it's told is so soul crushing. Where I didn't mm-hmm. quite mm-hmm. feel that way with this one. I don't know. It's because it's dancers and it's still manic and there's movement and all that stuff so I don't know hmm. I enjoyed it alright duly yeah. noted okay uh, just a few more uh, one being a film from 1943 uh, we watched Heaven Can Wait with Don Amici and Gene Tierney okay okay um, this is one of those interesting m- movies of its time where you watch it and you realize, like, it is charming, it is clever, it is funny, um, great cast, it looks beautiful, it's technicolor, it is like, you're really laughing as you watch it, but then you kind of keep sitting back and saying, 
Except, you know, it's kind of a terrible message. It's it's kind of a tell, story. Tell me more about that. Well, so basically, it's it's framed in a way where it's this man who has died, and he he knocks on Hell's gate basically and says, "Hey, I'm here because I think I belong here." And the devil or the devil's like doorman says, "Well, tell me why. Like, let me tell me about your so life." So far, this sounds amazing. It's, and and it is. It's really funny. And so he kind of tells his life, and it is you know he was born very wealthy to kind of dumb rich parents who spoiled him and so he grew up rich spoiled boy he was kind of a cad he steals his cousin's girlfriend he then gets married but cheats on his wife like he's just not a great guy and yet of course he's really fun to watch and he's really funny and his marriage it ends up being this really you know, even though he has cheated on her and she is not always happy with him, like, there is absolute love with them. There's some beautiful scenes of, like, them towards the end of their marriage that's, like, really moving. But then other things happen and he's still kind of a cad. And the movie ultimately comes out and says, oh, that's okay. Like, that's not so bad. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's not so bad. Like, he probably doesn't deserve to go to hell. But, like, if we condone this kind of behavior for all men, then oh, wait a minute, we did, and that's how we ended up in the world we are, so. That sounds like such a cool premise, though. Yeah, I think you would like it. It's really charming. Like, hmm. we we both laughed out loud a lot. Like, I just found it clever and witty. Um, it, it is well worth, well worth watching. Interesting. Let's see. After that, I'm, I have two more. One of which... I, I kind of hated, but in, oh, no. in that perfect kind of the way I think you and I feel about, especially new genre movies uh, that don't quite fit a mold, like, I hated watching it, but I respect anybody that uh, doesn't hate it. And this is <laughs> Braid. Have you seen this? What is this? Okay, it's on Amazon Prime. It came out, I think, last year. It was sort of in independent i i know i had seen like seen it here and there on different articles and different stuff it is called braid like a hair braid okay uh, it is directed by a lady it is her first film i believe i forget her name mitzi something um and it is about these two young women who um have been trying to sell drugs and that they get almost caught so they end up escaping to their childhood friend's mansion their childhood friend is played by my new favorite person uh, after Florence Pugh, uh, Madeline Brewer, Madeline Brewer, Brewster. She is in mm-hmm. Handmaid's Tale. She's Janine. She was in Cam. She's the main girl in Cam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fabulous. She really is a chameleon actor who does a lot of things, and I love her, and I really like watching her. So she's a little crazy and rich and basically has this obsession with, like, doing sort of weird role-playing games. And these girls come to her because they're like, ah, eh, she'll give us money if we play along with her games. And so Is this April Fool's Day? No. It's more oh. like, it. <laughs> if I had to compare it to anything, like the first thing that comes to mind is probably like hashtag horror. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you didn't like it. I didn't like this. No, and I liked hashtag You're horror. You're sending me a lot of conflicting yeah. information. So this is very much, uh, I. It's it's very artsy. To me, it was very pretentious. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of camera angles. It's a lot. It feels at times like a perfume commercial. The girls are all very pretty. 
and you know the the camera likes to it's the camera isn't like ogling them like it's not like it it also i mean it does feel like it's a female eye directing it but it also you're just watching something to look cool i think it feels like uh it doesn't explain much on one hand that would be okay if i cared but i didn't care so it was just frustrating um it just kind of had such such a commitment to not being like a clear narrative that it's really hard to be invested in anything because it's a certain point you're like oh wait is it fantasy oh is she really cutting herself is she not i should i care do i not care what am i who am i who side am i on everybody's terrible like all the characters are pretty much awful so there's nothing to really like grab onto but mm-hmm. it, it was different looking I'd be curious what this filmmaker does next. I'm. I think this is feels kind of like a first film where you're like, oh, look at all the things I can do, and it's like, yeah, okay, now can you tell a story with that that I want to see? So, it's. I'm like, I'm not really recommending it because I didn't like it, but I'm also kind of recommending it because I want to hear other people if they agree or disagree, and that includes yeah. you. Like, I think you would walk away from it with a point of view. I don't know what that point of view would be. I don't think. I think you'd feel similar to me, but I could be wrong. Did you said Netflix? Amazon. Amazon, okay. Mm-hmm. I knew you said it went it was streaming, so Yes, it is on Prime. All and right, then, maybe. The last movie I watched was also on Amazon Prime. And I know you've Uh-oh. seen it. And oh glory. I was so excited to watch this movie because I had heard so much about it. Um and I, I I don't know what I could say about it, but I watched Serenity. <sighs> What'd you think? <laughs> oh, this this movie is it, it it is a special kind of terrible. It's fucking wild, isn't it, it? It is very wild. It everybody is so committed, which is adorable. Matthew McConaughey's butt <laughs> is so committed to being in this movie. Like you can tell that Matthew McConaughey was filming a scene and just took his pants off, and the director's like, "Um, Matthew, you don't have to take your pants off." And Matthew is just like, "Nah, I do." I do. And, like, so it's just butts in the movie when it really doesn't need to be. And you can see the cameraman guy, like, oh, come on, I gotta cut around his penis. I have to, like, can you make sure you're angled up this way so your dick doesn't show? Because otherwise we have to edit it out, and that's weird. So that's that's one thing. The twist, it's not just that it's a great, like, stupid twist. It's that it's executed so weirdly. Because you have a major twist to this movie, and, like, they just say it halfway through. They're like, by the way, this is really this. And you're like, wait, is that, like... This is just delivered by exposition. There's no, like, film discovery of it. Like, no, no, no. It's just a character that just kind of tells you what the twist is. Tells you. Yep. And then there's, like, another 50 minutes of McConaughey butt. Uh, there's so much smoking in this movie, which is very strange mm-hmm. to see. Oh, there's... And the more you think of the logic in what you're watching, the more disturbing it kind of gets. Mm-hmm. Because you realize whose point of view you're seeing and what that person's point of view wanted you to see, which is very strange when you think of, um, you know, uh, the mother character, if you will. So, yeah. It's a very strange movie. Incredible. But here's the question. Did you like it? Hmm. Oh, so... Um... No... I'm going to say no. I was excited to watch it because I had heard so much about it. 
And so I'm watching it, and my mind is going everywhere. I'm like, the twist is that it's really Antarctica. No, the twist so is did you, that they're did all you know? No, I just knew it had a big twist. I had no idea what the twist was. Zero idea whatsoever. The, I really, I'm like, the twist is, it's got to be God. Like, this has to be a religious allegory, because I know McConaughey's, like, super Jesus-like. And then, then when you find out the twist, you're, I was kind of, I was almost a little disappointed, because I my mind was going to different places and I thought it would be a bigger twist and said it was like, so you had, well, kind of a you had an overblown twist in your head. I was going everywhere in my head. Like I was I looking up like every clue I could see. I was like, Oh, Diane Lance caftan. That's got to mean something. Like, I was going everywhere with it. Um, so in a sense, there was a little bit of a letdown, I guess for that. But um, the problem is it's also just a boring movie. It's too long. It is oh, so much dialogue that is just that, like, feels very, like, the dialogue that I remember, like, writing in my college playwriting class and thinking it was good. Mm-hmm. And then learning, like, no, this is not good dialogue. You're 19. You don't know how to write dialogue yet. But that's what the movie felt like. Um, and so it's very, I don't know. It would be fun to watch Drunk with Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to be one that I'll ever put on in the background again. Yeah, I didn't think it was fun enough for no, that. No, And even, like, I was, I watched it, I downloaded it on my phone, and I watched the first, like, 45 minutes, when you still don't know what the twist is, and I was like, oh, I know something crazy is going to happen, but I- I'm, I can wait a few days to get back and find out what that is. Like, I, I it was, a, like... I wish somebody could do a kind of like nah, 80 minute cut of it just to make it move a little more. Yeah. Um, to, so that it doesn't feel so much like a chore to get through. Yeah. And to me it was, yeah. I still, it's worth watching for anybody that, that like, like me, like I love a good big budget, well-intentioned, um, ambitiously plotted failure. And that's what this is. But it's not, and to, and anybody like that, I think, needs to see this for those reasons. But it doesn't give you that satisfaction while watching that you're going to get until you get to the very, not even the very end, until you get to a point where you're like, oh yeah, this shit's crazy. <laughs> but you have to slog through 45 minutes to get there. So. Exactly. Is is the trip worth the destination? Uh, it's, isn't that always the question? I don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was my list, and now we're going to take a break and come back. What do you want to, where do you want to go first? Do you want to go to Greta, or do you want to go to uh, Helen? Oh, we haven't done two in, in a know. while. I know, I haven't so put you on the forgot. spot like this in quite some time. Um, let's go chronological. All right, so we're going to take a break and come back and find out what is the matter with Helen. Couldn't be cuter, plus that. You couldn't be smarter, plus that intelligent face. You have a disgraceful job for me. You couldn't be keener, you look so fresh from the cleaner. 
You are the little grand slam I'll take to my family. My ma will show you an album of me that'll bore you to tears. And you'll attract all the relatives we have dodged for years and years. And what will they tell me? Exactly what will they tell me? They'll say you couldn't be nicer, couldn't be sweeter, couldn't be better, couldn't be smoother, couldn't be cuter, baby, than you are. 1971, directed by Curtis Harrington, from a script by... Uh, the dude who has a name, and it's two names. Ah, yes, two names. Henry Farrell. Uh, now, Henry Farrell, you might know from such films as <gasps> Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? So yep. he wrote that screenplay, and Curtis Harrington and his producer approached him and said, Hey, you got, you got something else? Because we kind of want to make a movie like that, sort of. Um, and he did. He had a, I don't know if it was based on a screenplay or a story he had written earlier. And then I think Curtis Harrington isn't credited as a writer, but I think he did a lot of kind of molding the script into this particular story and saying like, okay, but I want it set here. I want this to be the character. I want this character to be this person and so on. Um, so, and part of that too was Curtis Harrington got that cast and got Debbie Reynolds and Shirley Winters, which I think also changed the characters quite a bit from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Initially, Shelley Winter's character is written as this like very small blonde woman, and that is not Shelley Winter's. So we had a different type of movie as a result. Now, we will spoil this movie. Spoiler alert: the poster spoils the movie as well. Um, but I would like you to tell everybody what actually happens in this movie. Oh boy! Um, so there are these two ladies. And I guess their sons killed a lady, and they went to jail, and people were none too pleased with them, you know, because their sons killed a lady. So they decide to move um, out to California. Hollywood. Hollywood, and open a dance studio, um, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, people get a little unhinged and a little concerned. I didn't like this movie, I don't think. I'm sorry, that's okay. Um, so tell me what you did not like about it. I found this movie... So, okay, I'll, let me start positive. I did enjoy the way this movie looked. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed um, many of the performances in this movie. Okay. I thought this movie was needlessly mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I hated the ending. Yeah. I thought the ending was really, like, cruel because these characters are so likable. And I think it's, it's you know, because of probably who's playing them and, like, the, the acumen that they, that they bring to, to, to the whole thing. But it was mean, and I didn't, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like the way it ended. I was like, oh, I guess so? It was like, so, okay, so we're spoiling it, right? Yes, and again, the poster kind of spoils a key element of the of the movie. So, like, um, Helen is extremely paranoid. 
And she's like, and she's very um, religious. And yeah, Helen is Shelley very religious. Yes, she is very paranoid, and she is convinced somebody is like coming to to wreak vengeance on them for what their kids did. And and like, so there's this really cool, and I will say that this is cool, like unreliable narrator kind of, mm-hmm. like paranoid and like. Is this really happening? Is she doing it? Um, and even Debbie Reynolds' character is is like, are you doing this? Are you sending yeah. these letters? Are you are you being unhinged? And and that's interesting. Not knowing is interesting. And then this dude just blows into the house, and <laughs> Helen pushes him down the stairs, and he. It was a beautifully executed stunt where the gentleman didn't hit his head at all, but then he died. <laughs> that um, slow motion stairfall is might be my favorite slow motion stairfall, and I, I mean, there's a lot of great ones in the world. It's very psycho. It's very psycho, yes. and it's very cool. Um, I liked it, but the dude dies, uh, and 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 they find a letter on him, and they're like, "Oh, he was just trying to locate you because you have changed your name, and now you have a new name. He was just trying to locate you by your old name because you have a relative who died, and and wants to leave you money, and and you essentially murdered an innocent man. So they get rid of the body, and Helen is very guilty." And you're like, oh, man, she freaked out and killed an innocent man. But, like, he wasn't an innocent mm-hmm. man? Right. I mean, I, I guess so. But the damage had already been done. And that's where the meanness came in for me. Like, you reveal that. And then, but, like, it's we're already beyond the pale. Like, right. Cause they, it's yeah. already too late. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like that. I, I can understand that. I don't know. I may. I, I don't have a problem with a movie. Obviously, I like bleak things and sad things. I don't need everything to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But this just really felt like twisting the knife a little bit. Well, I think a lot of it, and to me, what what makes Curtis Harrington so interesting as a director is that I think he is clearly had a fascination with with women of this age. Um, so he made this movie, he made The Killing Kind, which is about, um, a young guy who is kind of obsessed with, uh, killing women, and specifically women in their, like, 50s or so, uh, who has serious mother issues. This movie, you know, the, the women, real or Helen realizes, our kids, our sons killed this woman to kill us. Like, I really did enjoy that yeah. revelation. I thought that was really interesting yeah, and, and cool I, and, and well stated. And I do wish, if there's one thing with this movie, and I think I think this is also a case of a movie that was, it had a lot of production issues. It was cut a lot. Apparently Helen's, um, not Helen, um, Adele's death scene was going to be much bigger and grander and just they cut a bunch because they said, oh, let's get a PG rating. So you had that. I think I wonder what else was missing. Um, I feel like their, who their sons are and that their relationships with them isn't really explored. And you know there's something there. And I, I'm i sure that was in this movie at one point or certainly in the script and we don't get it. But it's just kind of enough to me to see like that. I mean, this is a movie about two middle-aged women you know, kind of living very different lives, but living lives, right? Adele is 
dating and you know trying to start new and is a I mean and Debbie Reynolds is so good in this and mm-hmm. Helen is a whole different kind of person and I, I you this was right in the height of okay Baby Jane uh, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte you had this you know kind of era of whatever you want to call it I guess the best title is Grand Dame Gugnol is the one that's least offensive. You also had like hag horror and what is it like old bitty horror or something like after baby Jane, this became like a big thing in Hollywood for a few years of this. And I love it because even though depending on who's making the film and what the film is, there's a certain aspect of cruelty and are we making fun of these women but there's another aspect of this is the only way we get to see stories about women of this age. And these are two really, to me, interesting, well-played, explored characters who I want to watch a movie of. I don't mm-hmm. want to necessarily see what happens to them in this movie happen to them. I, I agree. I don't you know. I don't want to see Debbie Reynolds killed like this. She's Debbie Reynolds. But and and when I say like it was it was mean, it's because like the 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 murder that really pushes Helen over the edge, or the accident I guess is justified. You not only learn that that was justified and that she was right to be paranoid, right? But like this whole time, Debbie Reynolds' character, whose name Adele, is De- Adele? Adele, I keep saying Adele. I, Am I right about that? I think you're right. Yeah, Adele. I think you're right. Um, that her character. It has met a man that I kept expecting to turn. I kept expecting yeah. him to be sleazy or a dickhead mm-hmm. or like something, but he he's really like genuinely nice and supportive. Yeah, and like things are really fucking turning around for her, and I appreciated that. And and then it was like, ah, nah, J.K., we're gonna kill her. Yeah, I get <laughs> it. I'm like, oh no. I, but, but I, I think guess maybe my feelings of 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 like sadness with what the movie chose to do with these characters effectively ruining them. Like, yes. Is, is a credit to the character, the characters themselves. Like I wouldn't maybe care as much mm. if it hadn't been, if they hadn't been so well crafted and, yes. and, and that has to have something to do with the actresses, right? Like that has oh, to do God, with yeah. that. Well, and Debbie Reynolds was a producer on this film. I think depending on what you read about it, I don't think she got paid as an actor on this film. I think she basically, Curtis Harrington, I think he approached a few people that, I mean, Shelley Winters he had from the beginning. And with Debbie Reynolds, she was trying to do some different things. She didn't, she wanted to kind of break out of like the sweetheart role that she couldn't, you know, was always kind of getting cast as. So she took ownership of this movie and she was a producer on it. She, I think, invested a lot of her own money in it. Um... And she did not get paid much for it. She wanted to do this as a way to kind of show what else she could do. And I I mean, I think she is fabulous in this movie. The other thing I think when you watch it, and it's funny, this is my second time watching it. It's been probably like seven years since I'd seen it. So I forgot so much about it. And the entire time I was waiting for her to really pull something awful. Like that she, you know, has to be cunning and there's you know because she is of the two like she is the smart one she is the one from the beginning who says we're gonna move we're gonna change our names i know how to do this like and you just get the feeling like you're like oh she's lived like she is she's done shit she's seen shit Mm -hmm. you know she's a survivor and she survived by doing what she had to do and 
even the way she, uh, you know, the way her relationship with Dennis Weaver goes, it, it feels calculated in a sense of, oh, she knows how to charm him. She knows how to seduce him. She is exactly, definitely yes. playing a game. And so I'm watching it thinking it's going to be a baby Jane and, and there's going to be a twist and we're going to see, you know, she has been driving Helen crazy this whole time or, you know, she's actually the one I, that I killed her. I did think that too. And, yeah. I, I, and I think it's, it's kind of almost a credit to like the genre that you're expecting that to happen and at a certain point you realize oh no she's she's not like yeah she has lived a hard life and she's a complicated woman who's probably had to make a lot of rough decisions but but like no but but go Adele like you're you're in a good place now like I, I am rooting for you and yeah and then the tragic irony of oh but poor Helen <laughs> just pushed a little too far Uh, I think, and I knew this was going to happen. I think talking to you about it makes me, is making me enjoy it more. Mm. Because I I had a feeling that was going to happen. Yeah, well, you know. Not to say that I didn't enjoy it. It's just, you know. Oh, no, I get it. It's, it's, you know, it's a movie I, with most Curtis Harrington movies, like I've wanted to cover them. Because I just think he is a really interesting filmmaker where none of his films that I've seen are perfect. I think the killing kind actually is very good and we will cover that one day. Um, but there is something about his work that I find I want to talk to someone about. And that's why I was surprised when I, I think I had asked you last time, did anybody ever cover it in Paris cinema? Cause it, just him as a filmmaker, I think he's so rich and I think you can easily look at his stuff. He started out with Corman. He did a lot of kind of schlocky stuff, but even from the beginning, um, there's stuff going on in his films. Uh, Mm -hmm. I am almost certain he was gay. And I say this, the first time I thought this was after just watching two of his films and be, and saying, there's no way a straight man directed that there that just the and the, it's the the way i think he especially treats women the way he treats men looking at women men looking at older women there's just it's a different sensibility and different kind of he's clearly interested in stories that you don't see if you had put this film in the hands of like a straight man i don't know i think you would have a different story i think you would have a different tone mm-hmm. i think you know different nuances or different quirks wouldn't quite be what they are and so I, I don't think he ever really um, made any films specifically about queerness, but I feel like it's always there in his movies. It's an interesting read on it. I, I don't know that I have any experience other than when you made me watch Baby Jane with um, mm-hmm. this type of movie. Right. It's just, a, I don't know, maybe it's a blind spot for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, when we were growing up, no, I mean, we, none of us were renting this from the video store, right? We were renting slashers and, you know, maybe 70s demon possession movies. But this little, like, we, very brief period of movies didn't register so much, I think, generationally with us. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to see that Baby Jane has gotten a lot more attention the last few years with the the FX show and everything else like mm-hmm. it's you know and just like even like drag culture kind of embracing it like that's made a difference I would love for it to spread to more movies because this movie is far gayer than Baby Jane for one thing well maybe not mm-hmm. you have Bruno but with this like <laughs> Shelley Winters apparently like talks about how 
she completely like she Helen to her was in love with Adele, and I think it's very. I mean, it, to me, it's like very obvious. Like, yeah, absolutely, this woman is this lonely widow who is clearly just you know very religious, very straight laced, very unhappy. Has raised a son who ended up murdering a woman. There's so much going on there, and yeah. here she ends up by circumstance connected to the kind of woman she probably never spoke to in her life, right? Adele is glamorous and beautiful and talented and knows how to, you know, how to talk to the press and how to charm people and that she's an alien to Helen, but suddenly she's Helen's best friend. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's so, you know, and and that's where it does get very like both, I think sweet and horrifying and, and like you're saying a little mean because this, friendship is so complicated it's it's uneven in different ways um and i think it's very clear that helen is absolutely in love with adele i can see that i i will say honestly i didn't think that when i was watching it but i i absolutely could see why that would be a read on it Shelley Winters says, like, she's like, no, I played it as a lesbian. She's like, the studio did, told me told me not to and kept telling me not to, but I just didn't. I'm Shelley Winters. I knew it, whatever that I wanted, I wanted pretty, to do. That's yeah. pretty fucking great. Well, the best is, like, in the the first time, I forget who says it, but somebody says to Shelley Winters in the very beginning, you're a quiet girl. I'm like, that's, that's Shelley Winters. Nobody's ever called Shelley Winters quiet. I, I liked her. I liked that character a lot. Yeah. I thought that it was... Um, like a really dynamic character and there were a lot of like little nuances mm-hmm. because this movie to say not a lot happens in this movie I don't think is, is a fair assessment but it is kind of small all things considered yeah, oh, very much yeah and and I think that they do a lot of work with with very little yeah like there's not these huge moments it's but you know who you know the characters really well yeah. i think again this is why i was like this is fucking mean i don't like the way this ended because <laughs> like i don't want bad things to happen to these characters i no, guess because they are so rich like yeah. they are complicated believable three-dimensional women that you don't normally see movies made about Mm-hmm. And and that's what I think I really love about it is who was who was going to make a movie starring late forties early fifties Debbie Reynolds and Shelley Winters as the leads and make them you know like and, and not you know and tell this particular story it, it's a story yeah. with weird lesbian underpinnings and you know and it, it is not really a romance and the ro- there is a romance in it that has not real bearing on things except to drive the you know kind of the one unhinged character a little further away and um shelly winters apparently had like recently suffered a nervous breakdown when she made this movie and her therapist was like don't make this movie you're gonna have another nervous breakdown and she had like five oh, of them i think while filming jeez. yeah she i think was not overly pleasant on set um but it seems like i think from from what i've read like yeah, this wasn't the easiest shoot, mostly because of Shelley Winters' kind of issue yeah. at the time. But that I think, like, and again, this just seems to be what I have heard about Curtis Harrington. Like, he was one of those directors who knew, like, I know how to treat my stars. Like, I know what I, I know how to get what I need to get. 
Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. There's a, there was a real like cohesive feeling to it. Yeah. To like everyone, everyone was in the same movie. That's I, a really uh, good point. Like, I feel like so often when someone maybe makes a choice to swing for the swing for the fences, like maybe other people don't get that memo. Yep. And you're kind of it feel like this weird detachment. But like everybody definitely felt on the same plane. I don't know. Again, I knew this was going to happen. The more I think about it, the more I think I like this. Um, that's, that's an excellent point, because we should talk about two supporting players in this movie. You have Agnes Moorhead as... I was oh so God. excited to see her name. Yeah, and and then you get to see what she's playing. She's playing like a televangelist. Love it. Yeah, and I love... That scene was really oh, good, too. It is. Because she's mostly on the radio. Yep. And at one point, I even said, are they? Are we like legit not even going to see her? Yep, yep. And... So we finally do get to go because she's on the radio, prophesizing. I can't talk. Um, and, Got it. and we finally get to go to the church where she is, and it's a really like I don't know, like mega pessimistic. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a pessimistic it's Joel view of like, and, yeah. of, of like organized religion yep, and yep. like. And like the the monetization of it, and yes. I was like, "Whoa, I didn't expect this commentary." Yeah. And, and the other uh, supporting actor I wanted to mention, everything about this guy is it, just great. It, I mean, it, again, similar in some ways to Victor Bruno in um, Baby Jane, Mikhail Mikhailamua as Hamilton Star. How much did you I, I love? liked him, too. He was the best. So it's this guy that just... So Debbie Reynolds has opened up, like, a sort of little Debbie dance school where girls come in and they, you know, are trying to become vaudeville dancers. And this guy just walks in. He's like, I'm Hamilton Star. I do dictation. You will hire me. And they do. And it's great because it means we get him in the movie more. And again, the whole time I'm thinking also, I'm like, oh, he's going to blackmail them. Like, he's trying to do stuff. But like, no, he just ends up being like the sassy gay sidekick in kind of a great way. Yeah, I thought he was going to be terrible. Yeah. Um, my favorite line, I guess, aside from you're a quiet girl of the movie, is <laughs> when Hamilton is also helping out with like, with, um, sewing like the costumes and stuff and he grabs one of the dresses and he says let me take that dress before her fat mother has a heart attack it's just so great it's just so great oh yeah so that makes me happy um this movie was originally titled the best of friends oh i like this title better i can't decide i I like what's the matter with Helen because it also um, another Curtis Harrington Chili Winters movie was oh god what's whoever slew Annie Rue so I like the mm-hmm. idea that like he had a theme going and it was all like very long questions involving his characters names in movies um, but I don't know the best of friends I kind I kind of like because I think it it digs into I, I think thematic it, in, I think in a way style wise maybe what's the matter with Helen works better, but there is something about the best of friends that thematically I think is almost sadder because then it's about mm-hmm. that the two of them, not just about, Oh, Helen's crazy. It's about these two women and how they ended up being the best of friends for this brief period of time. I totally get what you're saying. 
I do. I definitely do. I don't know. There's something about that that, like, is, like, too too innocent. Mm. I don't know. Let's see. I don't know. I, I think I had I think I had feelings about this movie. <laughs> I can see that. I feel like if it was named The Best of Friends, the poster art would have been different and it wouldn't have spoiled the fact that Debbie Reynolds gets killed in her majorette costume in the movie. Uh, That's a really good point. Yeah. Oh, and this apparently it wasn't even just the poster that was that way. Like all of the advertisements and stills and like everything they released was Debbie Reynolds dead. And everybody, like, just, like, it was known, like, this was one of the worst marketing jobs for a film of all time. Uh, it did not do well, um, probably because people knew what they were getting. And and the other thing, too, is if you went into this movie thinking from that poster that's what you were getting, like, it's so not really the movie. Like, this isn't, yeah, it's not really a horror movie. Like, it's a, I don't know what you would call it. it it's a thriller drama? Thriller, thriller maybe, yeah. Yeah, um, but but I like the idea. If it was called the Best of Friends, your poster art could have been like Debbie Reynolds in her cute little like dancing um, short shorts, like and Helen like standing next to her, like just not. Lo- I'm I'm trying to like simulate it here. I'm like doing arm movements for a baton, but you can't see it, so never mind that. But I like the idea. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, I could picture it. You could picture it, right? Like you see what I'm saying? Like it's like as if the two were doing like a dance duo. Only Helen looks very awkward and doesn't belong there. That's what I'm trying to get at. I get, I know, I get what you're saying. I see your argument for okay, it. Okay, okay. Um, and what did you? <laughs> I, I one other note that I did have was um, oh, those poor dead stuffed animal bunnies. Oh yeah, I well, when they were alive, they were the most gorgeous yes, regal bunnies yes. I've ever seen. One of them, one of their foot was like seriously like nine inches long it was like the the most giant mega bunny i've ever seen but and then i went and i was like oh damn bunny's gonna die like yeah. the second i saw him mm-hmm. and then when the bunnies did die i was super happy that it was clearly <laughs> so like, pure stuffed animal yes i like agree a toy. yes <laughs> a toy covered in ketchup i was like oh, <laughs> oh, i didn't need to oh, see that bunny. <laughs> i'm with you um we have a theme of of dead animals in this episode as well i think but we will, we will, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. Yeah, no, I think I blocked it out. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot that we, so, so regardless, I mean, as much as maybe this wasn't your, your favorite movie on first viewing and all that, you did like it more than Greta, right? Oh my God. (laughs) There's no contest. Yeah, no, I, I know. Um, all right. So do you have any more to say about what's the matter with Helen? Do you, do you recommend it to people? I definitely do. Yes. Good. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, are you in, you are you interested in seeing more Curtis Harrington films? Yeah, sure, yeah. definitely. Cool. Um, I I am glad that we talked about this one because yeah. I may have not that I would have written it off because I didn't have a bad experience with it, but I didn't. I had slightly negative leanings. And I just needed to sit with and think sure. about why that was. I understand. No, I am glad. I I have always wanted to talk about this movie with someone, and I don't know that I've had anybody else in my life that's watched it, and I could do that with. So, thank you for being that person. Of course. Do yeah. you have anything else you would like to say? No, I just want to make one other comment on our way out. Um, that so this was. I think it's like it, this is not streaming for free anywhere that I know of. Um, but it's like rentable on Amazon on YouTube. 
Oh, oh, it's on YouTube. There you go. Uh, I didn't see it rentable on Amazon. Oh, I thought it was. Maybe not. So it's one of those, like, your library probably has it. Like, your DVD store has it. There's a, I think there is a good release of it with, like, minimal special features. So I'm looking at trying to figure out. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to own this movie anyway. And then I saw, oh, wait. I could buy it for 20 bucks and just get this movie with, like, I don't know, a restored lighting. Pretty sure I know what you're going to say. Or there's a four-pack. Yeah, so there's a four pack of movies that was seven fifty six, I think. So seven dollars and fifty six cents on Amazon, and that included this, two other movies that I don't know, and a movie that I I didn't know, but um, I had to like confess to my husband about it. I'm like, so on the disc, there's a movie called The Vagrant. I don't know anything about it, but I know that it stars Michael Ironside and Bill Paxton. I mean, if that's not a movie for you, I right, don't know what right? is. And the funny thing was, at first I was mistaken, and I thought it was Michael Ironside and Clancy Brown. And oh, well, that's, I mean, which that just fair. But yeah, that would have been dangerous. But then I realized, oh no, it's Bill Paxton, who's also still very key to my heart. But so I own that movie now too, as a result of this. So thank you. That's what's the matter with exciting. Ellen for giving me that pleasure? I assume will be. Yeah, I assumed, I made a, a silly assumption, I guess, assumed that it would be rentable on Amazon, mm. um, and then waited till too long, <gasps> oh, no. and and was like, oh no, we can't find this anywhere, and I was going to have to run to Scarecrow Video during lunch the next day to pick it up and watch it that night, it was oh, just, you would this would have been Thursday. Me. Yeah, of course, oh. and then I was like, let me just see. YouTube mm. and it was it's in nice. 10 parts on YouTube and yeah. it's actually in pretty good quality nice. I, I hate doing that but yeah. I kind of backed myself into a corner in this digital age sure. and felt a little silly I think everybody associated with the movie is dead so I don't think you're taking money from anybody <laughs> that worked on it if it makes you feel any better I just like I like to like do things the right way I when understand. I can I get you I'm with you girl I know we're you know we're we're both I guess we're both. Which one are you? Are you an Adele or are you uh, Helen of the two of us? I'm. Uh, I think. I think we know what the answer to this. I is. feel like in normally think, in life I'm Shelley Winters, but in this movie I, think I don't we're know both that I'm Shelley Winters. I th- you think we're both. Oh Helen? no, we're both Helen. Yeah, oh. we're both Helen. You've never oh. you've never seen me do a foxtrot and a tango. Wait a second. So are you Adele? No, you know who I. Oh no, no. What am I saying? I'm Hamilton <laughs> Star. Come on. I'm the bunny. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, yes. All right. On that note, we're going to take another quick break and come back and talk about Greta. A little bunny in the meadow is nibbling grass without a care. He's so delightful as he hops for you. You say, hi, bunny, and he stops for you. You pull your trigger and he drops for you. Goodbye, Bunny Boo. Hello, Rabbit Stew. Get me, boys. You tell them, boss. Don't be the bunny. Don't be the stew. Don't be the dinner. You have better things to do. It ain't no joke. That's why it's funny. So take your cue. Don't be the bunny. Don't be the bunny. The Oscars snubbed it, but clearly Greta was the best film of 2018, right? 
Oh, was it 2018? I thought it was 2019. I don't know. Maybe it was 2019. I don't know that I care. <laughs> but this... it was the best movie of oh. both years. So those of you who listened to our last episode heard us start to talk about Greta, and then what happened was we both realized we had such strong feelings on on hating this movie that we just needed to, to, to vote an episode to it. Yes. It, it does say it was 2018. I think I misspoke at the beginning of this then and thought it was 2019. I, you I know, know I, I don't know. I feel like it came out in the beginning. No. no, no. It is. No, no, it's, no, it's 2019. Yes. It is 2019. You're right. IMDb You're right. says 2018, but now I'm thinking back. This came out in January. This was a January American release. It might have come out in France or Belgium in 2018. Yeah, but... it might have had a... Yeah, definitely in the states. The state. And and this was like a January dump that looked like a great January dump. Like I love January horror horror movies because it's like, oh, oh, this is when you're you're dumping stuff that sometimes is good and sometimes isn't, but fine, great horror movies in the theater, cool. And I remember seeing the trailers for this and thinking, oh, I gotta see that. That's got everything I want. And then hearing from people whose opinions I respect and who would normally feel like love a movie like this say this was so disappointing and deciding okay i guess i don't have to go to the theater to see it but i'll eventually watch it because it can't be as bad as everybody says right good god Mm. goodness this movie um because i know that we have the type of listeners that really want factual data um it premiered 2018 at tiff Mm. and it's a uh, U.S. release date March first, two thousand nineteen. Oh, March. Okay, I remembered it. Which was still, your your argument stands yes. though for yes. the time in which it showed up. Yeah. Um, I saw this trailer and I was fucking floored. I was like, they Need. made a movie for yep. me. Yep. Yep. They made my movie mm-hmm. is what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so excited. Uh, we saw it opening weekend. Super jazzed about it. Uh, I will say the second time around didn't affect me as viscerally as the first time, I think because I knew what to expect. The first time I saw this, and I know we all make jokes and shit, but I was legitimately triggered by this movie. I was depressed for days after Mm. watching it. Um, It pushed my fucking buttons on so many levels. I was so desperately angry and disappointed Mm. by this movie. Um, I mean, I was disappointed because I just thought it was poorly put together and narratively messy and a whole lot of things and I didn't like certain aspects of what it kind of it to me it doesn't say anything I don't know what this movie is saying I don't know is it digging into like oh lonely women of a certain age or obsession or oh no this bitch just be crazy like I don't know what this movie was trying to do um Mm -hmm. I'm curious like uh, to to the extent that you want to talk about it what where the what upset you so much about it? Oh, I will gladly <laughs> tell, say what upset me about it. Would you? Should we? Should we start with a plot? I need you to give a plot of this movie, and everybody knows okay. we do spoil everything. Oh, we're spoiling this. Please, yes. Um. So this movie takes place in New York. I don't know if sorry. I'm going to be able to get through I'm this. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Did you say like New York, like N-E-W space Y-E-R-K, like that New York? Cause yeah, New York. Is, honey, I live in New York. This ain't New York. That six um, train, I could lick, I would lick that six train. 
It wasn't even the right six on it. You could have, like, a dinner party on that six train and serve cheese using the, the chairs as plates and just put it on there and say, yeah, take it. It's not dirty. Because that's how clean it was. And yes, you're right. The font. The font. The, the, the font on the six was wrong. font they couldn't get right. Come on. Come it's, on. It's whatever. Like, it's fine. Um. So, so basically, the plot of this movie is that a young lady who is um, Chloe Grace Moretz mm-hmm. can, can always have trouble with her name. Um, she will be uh, Francis for the rest of the movie because that is her character name. I mean, show for the rest of the... Because that's her character name. Calling her Francis. That's what I'm saying. She finds a purse on the subway, on the very clean subway. She is a very nice girl from Boston. I'm I'm struggling because I'm already wanting oh to step over right, myself. Right? Because just Creep to say one it. quick thing, like the way they talk about it, it's like, oh, you're so wide-eyed and innocent. She's from, from fucking Boston. Boston. Have you been to Boston? Like, have you met a Red Sox fan? Like, why couldn't they have just made her from Iowa? Would have made everything it, make more sense. So I'm going to tell you why, because this is this is an attack on a personal attack on me by Neil Jordan. Okay, but okay. I will get I will get I will get to that. Yeah, yeah. So she finds this purse. She opens it up. She's like, oh, I can clearly see who this purse belongs to. I'm going to return it to her. She lives with her roommate, who is the girl from the guest, mm-hmm. uh, Maika. Is Maika that how Monroe, you would say that? I believe so. The best thing in the movie. That, love her. Yeah, love her. The best. So thing. I would, Yes. Lay on train tracks for yep. her. She's, she's great. fantastic. Um, she's also in It Follows. Yeah, she's in It Follows. Mm-hmm. So, and so many other things. Um, she returns the purse to this old lady who is um, the titular Greta, Isabel Huppert. Isabel Huppert. Uh-huh. I do, uh-huh. I, I don't, I do my, my French pronunciation in the style of Alex Trebek reading a French clue on Jeopardy. So I don't know if I do it right, but I do it that way. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, she's Greta, the titular Greta. Greta. Yes. Um, She returns the purse to her, and she's like, oh, I'm French, and (laughs) I'm nice, and you miss your mom because she's dead, and I'll be your mom, and I miss my daughter, and let's go get a dog together. And, oh, wait, actually... I'm obsessed with you for reasons, and this is going to be very bad. Which are weird reasons, because Francis is not very interesting. Uh, So, okay... I feel I have feelings and my feelings are this I'm going to try to articulate them in an articulate fashion I the person who made this movie had no business with this story yeah um I will be very personal for a moment and say this is the I have written this story a hundred times that is to say I am originally from New England. A lot of when I write stories, a lot of my characters originate from that area. As you know, Boston is in mm-hmm. Massachusetts, which is in New England. I lived in New York. I like to set stories in New York. I think they're very interesting. Um, uh, Francis works in a restaurant. I tend to write mm-hmm. my characters into restaurants because I worked in a restaurant, and it's also a really easy, quick way to kind of divide class. Like yes, especially in New York. I work in a restaurant, and this person does not. Oh, it's an and, interesting way. Mm, it's a shorthand for something. This movie has um, big problems with class that we'll get to. I like I like to write women. I think in genre stuff, women are underrepresented, and if they are there, it's not usually depictions that I enjoy. I, I like complex depictions. Not everybody has to be good. Mm. I like villains. I like complexity. I I. I walked out of this movie the first time I saw it viscerally angry yeah. that somebody stole my story 
and did it so fucking poorly. Yep. I was so angry after I saw this. I Look, I like Neil Jordan. Me too. Yeah. This movie is so poorly executed. Yeah. The characters are such trash. I don't understand why. So there's this throwaway line about how uh, her roommate's dad bought her, bought her this, a loft. this loft. Jesus. I don't... Uh, uh, girl. What? I know. I know. It is the weirdest thing with this movie is just some of the choices feel so wrong. And that's why I was curious if this had like, I feel like there's an hour's worth of deleted scenes because it just, things don't make sense. You're telling a story about this innocent young girl who befriends this woman and she's so trusting and that's why everything goes wrong. And she works in a restaurant and all that. How easy would it have been to make her, oh, she's a struggling journalist or she's a struggling Mm -hmm. something she's paying off her college loan she's from the midwest Mm -hmm. she doesn't know new york no instead they make her from boston she went to smith i think like and she's living rent free in her best friend's palatial loft in soho Mm -hmm. so if she gets fired from her demeaning fancy waitress job Mm -hmm. oh okay that stinks but she has a daddy who's also clearly very wealthy based on mm-hmm. he's there, always there working. were no stakes no yeah. stakes at all and it was just weird because you're looking at all of these decisions thinking you had an out there you had an easy thing all you had to do like just make her poor right make yeah. her oh her best friend is maybe rich but she feels guilty about it like but no it's just as much as Emma Eager Monroe is the best thing in the movie because she's funny and she's her character is kind of sharp and it's great, but at the same time, like she she feels like she's in a different movie, yeah, because nobody else is calling out how absurd a lot of these decisions right. and, and the idea are. that these two are best friends doesn't even make sense because correct they're such different people and, and they're just... com- they 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 don't talk like how people talk. Oh, God, no. They yeah. don't talk the way women talk no. or girls talk. No. They do not talk the way friends talk. No. It's like Maika Monroe is sometimes kind of shitty and mean to her, but then like also really nice and like understanding. I don't stop it. If you don't know right. how to write human beings interacting, don't fucking do it. Girls aren't always catty and petty and shitty to each other. You don't have to fucking write it that way. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it this... was so frustrating. Yeah. Just have her be a nice girl. Yeah. I don't, why is that so fucking hard? Because in the end, she's there for her, right? Right. I mean, spoiler, she fucking right, saves, she saves her. She saves the day so in a very clever why way. Why do you have to have her be cunty? Yeah. Like, what was the point of that? Yeah. I'm with you. It's, oh. and the thing is, like, Neil Jordan has made good films about women. Like, he's made The Company of Wolves. He's made Byzantium, which is a great movie about women. Fantastic. And this, like, so it's, he wrote the script with Ray Wright. Ray Wright is the is the screenwriter of the the remake of The Crazies, Case 39, which I know you watched recently. Oh, like Case 39. And the, yep. the Pulse remake, which is, you know, what a 2006 what remake an, of a film. What an odd yeah. filmography. And... Like, in what world does it make sense to have these two men write this movie? And now I'm saying this after having spoken very highly of What's the Matter with Helen, which was written by essentially three men. But you could tell on that movie that 
Debbie Reynolds had a big input in that in in that movie, I think. And Curtis Harrington, I mean, much like Neil Jordan in some ways, like enjoys women's stories and celebrates them and looks at them differently. And in this movie, it's it just feels like nobody knows how to write young people. Nobody knows how to write anyone. <laughs> yeah, it it's like I've been this is I've been running into this a lot lately. I would never be so bold as to say. Men men don't make movies about women. Men don't write right. female characters. Don't do it because you can't. Because that's absurd. Right. And that's that's ridiculous. Why would you ever cast such a, a wide net? What make such broad strokes? But I, I'm getting to a point where I'm I'm growing so tired very of tired of men telling women stories and but yeah, and then doing yeah. it in an inauthentic yep. way. Yeah. Because. I, I and this is this is keeps coming up, but like representation is really important. So when mm-hmm. all when you are inundated with like, this is a story of two women who are friends, but also kind of mean to each other. Like I don't think that that's making women be mean to each other, but it's also keeping people from truly realizing that they that there are other re- ways relationships work. Yeah, like you don't. Like, we're not such sheep that that's, oh, this person right. is kind of shitty, so I'm going to be shitty. But also kind of, maybe, a little bit, we shouldn't have to be inundated by these representations. There's just, there's because there's nuance, they are and there's, re- there's representation and telling us, and you're right, it's not like, oh, I can't write a story about a male astronaut because I'm not a male astronaut, I've never been around male astronauts. Like, yeah, you know what, I probably would never write a story about a male astronaut. But yet, how many men, oh, right, historically, because look at every movie covered ever, is, oh, I'm going to tell a story about a female attorney. Well, I'm not a female attorney, but I can tell a story about her, and it's never even a question. And I think it's just, you know, a credit to now that we're finally getting stories told by women, we can see sometimes the difference and say, yes. like, yeah, this was yes. clearly written by men. We can tell. Like, it's just not new. And that's not even the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is just that it's terrible for so many other reasons. Yep. I, I know. I'm getting into some real nitty gritty shit, oh, but no, it's, it's no not problem. even, I don't even need to be that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't even need to dig that deep because it it is like story stuff, stuff that doesn't make any sense. Um, we, Greta, I, I actually liked that Greta kind of um, b- becomes unhinged earlier than I expected. I didn't Same, think... Same, because I remember seeing I the trailer that. and thinking, oh man, they've just given up, like they've told the whole movie, mm-hmm. and thinking that about, I haven't seen Ma, but thinking that about the Ma trailer too, and then from what I understand, like, oh no, Ma, there's a lot of other things going on, and with this one too, like, oh no, the, the Greta craziness happens within the first, like, 35, yeah. 40 minutes, so okay, good, so there's, you know, so we're not waiting the whole time for her just to finally prove she's crazy, like, no, we, we get that exactly. And I liked that. And and um, Maika Monroe's character believes her, Francis, immediately. Right. Like, uh, and she even like says this is weird. She's being yeah. weird from the from the jump. So I appreciated that it wasn't like a haunted house movie in the sense that we had to convince everybody that this thing was actually happening and that was the movie. I liked it. Well, apparently like, you do have to movie- convince the police officers. Because oh boy. what is the wait time for a restraining order in New York is apparently like 12 months or something like that? It's like, don't, you know what? Don't even bother. Don't even bother basically. trying to get a restraining order. But, <laughs> but like, so she goes off the rails and like, that's cool and unsettling. And I, I kind of like, like her, 
showing up in weird places and following her around. Oh, but yeah, that, that's like what that's... I wanted from this movie. I wanted Isabel exactly. wearing fabulous clothes and just like popping up in places that she shouldn't have been. It in it, but but before that can even become tiresome, and it does, we start like we're like midway or more through the movie and we start introducing characters which is so weird oh my god Stephen ray let's talk about him i know it's neil jordan i know Stephen ray has to be in every neil jordan movie it's kind of like um joe dante and and uh, dick miller but still like oh hey i'm a private investigator for two scenes and i'm the world's worst private investigator ever and now i'm dead goodbye and my whole thing is so so he does he shows up at in the last third probably oh yeah and dies immediately which is weird but like also if so we establish pretty pretty solidly that this is just what Greta does she has a bunch of purses and um when Francis gets locked in a room in her house she finds an ID and then Mm -hmm. when she breaks out and ends up in the basement she finds a girl in a bag like we know that Greta fucking does this shit she takes girls um, but then she kills a PI that is coming to look for a girl. How has she been doing this for so long if she's so bad at it? Right? Because she's really, I mean, this other girl is missing and, you know, it, it's not like Greta changes her name. Like her name was Greta. Like she, yep. She's a Hungarian, Belgian, French woman with a very distinct look and address and everything else. And, Surely Francis isn't the only one who has a friend that she tells things to. Mm-hmm. Like, and I guess, I mean, maybe that was part of, again, these deleted scenes that I've made up in my head of like, oh, Francis only targets like, you know, the lonely. Like she only goes after people that have no family, except Francis has family and friends. So that doesn't track. That doesn't track. It's but like that to me really came across in the in the second viewing like why is she being so sloppy why is she just like she could have gotten she all of this could have been avoided if she was better at it and you want me to believe that she's she does this she's a serial doer of this why is she not better at it like like when francis finds all the purses like the purse that she finds they're just like lined up with Fred is like, hey, just go root around in my cupboard. Yeah, yeah. I hope you don't see all the purses that I keep hidden here. Yeah. So she's not only unhinged, but she does it all the time. And also she's bad at it and kind of sloppy. I don't, what the fuck are you doing with this character? Oh, the movie has no idea. Because you think of like other aspects of her. Like also at one point it's kind of hinted that like, oh, she was a murder nurse, right? Like, yes. Right? Yes. It's just there and why it's even, not there. Why even introduce that? Yeah, why? And the whole time, like, in there's a one fun way to watch this movie, which is if you think of it as a sequel to the piano, the piano teacher, the Michael Haneke mm-hmm. film with Isabel Huppert. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think of it as like this, the natural progression of that character, that makes it a little more fun. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but it just doesn't. And we, is it time to talk about my favorite? The moment when I watched this film, when I thought I, this movie is terrible, it is not working. But damn it, this scene I will never forget because there's there's no explanation for it whatsoever. Well, um, wait, I don't know what you're going to say. Okay, so at this point, it's kind of in the middle of the movie. And we know, everybody knows Greta's crazy. And Greta's been stalking Francis. And Greta sends Francis texts of Maika Monroe. 
and like Francis freaks out and calls her and she's like, Greta's following you. You have to, wherever you are, you have to get out, go home, like find a cop, something. And Mike Monroe is like, what? I don't see anybody. And like, meanwhile, it's this tense scene where Francis is getting texts of Mike Monroe from the back, from the front, like all these different directions. So clearly like Greta is, is, is like somewhere right there. And Mm -hmm. the last bit, she takes a picture of her from behind and then uh, Maika Monroe runs to the street and hops on a bus. And yep. what? Greta's just sitting on the bus? Yep. And, and I'm watching this. I'm like, that, did that just happen? Like, did, do I need to rewind? Did I miss something? How, how, I'm like, is this a supernatural movie? Are there twins? Is Greta a triplet? Oh, my God. This makes this the greatest movie in the world if it turns out that there are three Gretas. No, that is not the case. It just gives this ridiculous Michael Myers leprechaun move of Greta that makes no sense. And if this movie was just campy and going for it, then okay, fine, I'd forgive it. But it's not. It's tied in reality. And you have a scene that is so blatantly insane and there is no plane of existence where that could happen. It was was weird. It was... It was weird. And that's, I think, I don't know if for me that's when I was like, oh, this movie just doesn't care. But it definitely sent that message. Yeah, that to me, was that's a great, mo- good way of putting it. That is a, mo- a moment when you just say, so you just didn't know what the hell you were doing with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame because I... There's talent you, here! You could have You could have done something a lot more interesting you have somebody who's made some genuinely great films great genre films great films about obsession like i mean neil jordan can make a really interesting movie and you have isabel Huppert, probably one of the best living actors alive right now and i think she bless her heart she has fun with this she goes for it I don't know what she thought she was doing. I don't know if she felt she knew this character or if she was just rolling her eyes also and saying like, what the fuck am I, am I, you know, I could be doing Sata on Broadway, but instead I am doing this. Like, I don't know, but she goes for it. She just kind of, you can see her commit and say like, all right, I guess I'm going to be crazy. And now I'm going to do ballet and dance. Because I don't know what else to do. That's, those are the reviews that I heard of it. Any positive reviews people speaking positively about her performance like oh how can a movie be bad if if it's got this right but like yeah. I, and like okay you're <laughs> like how, well like, it I'm, can be greta that's how it can be bad i'm never gonna tell people that they're wrong for liking something but there's don't give this sounds so shitty don't give a movie a pass just because it does one cool thing right like right. <laughs> no it I, doesn't deserve a pass <laughs> Like, yeah, like, look, am I, am I happy? Is the world a better place? Because we have a movie where Isabel Huppert, you know, murders Stephen Rea with, like, her bare hands and then does an improv ballet to it. I mean, I'm not sad that that exists in the world, but I am sad that it exists in this form. Yeah. Like, she looks great in it. She gets, like, that scene in the restaurant where um oh, i really do like that scene yeah. although everyone's reaction to that scene weird wrong not accurate wouldn't happen in real life oh you're saying it's like in, in what way you because i've never been a waiter or waitress so well, i want to hear it from your perspective 
I find it stretching the reality of the situation to believe that um, I believe gentleman cast as Maitre D would give a fuck about kicking a lady out who was stalking one of their waitstaff. Mm. Like, I don't get that. Like, or make making her talk to him, or making Francis talk to Greta when Greta first comes to the restaurant before she actually sits down to eat. Like, I don't. Everyone's reactions to that was really weird because, like, waitstaff does get stalked, yeah. and like people do come in and like insist on sitting in their sections or want to know their schedule, and like managers don't tell them that. And I didn't necessarily even get the impression that he was the manager like so it seems really strange that 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 you have so much of it like in a restaurant but like lack the ability to represent the situation properly mm-hmm. i it's it's similar to the cops being like a restraining order what's that <laughs> well, no no it's you like, can't get those oh this woman's stalking you member of my wait staff that i'm in charge of while you're in this building go talk to her right right and, and when we watched it the second time, I just I kept saying to Zach, like, why are people acting like this? It would have been so much better if they had just established everyone's reactions to the situations. Situations were weird because, oh, Greta's an old lady. We don't like we don't think she's a threat because she's just a harmless old lady. No one says that. No. Yeah. That would have been it, like playing on expectations would have at least kind of been cool. Like, oh, what? Go talk to her. She's not going to do anything. She's just an old lady. Get rid of her. Or, oh, you really want to do a restraining order against a helpless old lady? Like, no one does anything like that. No. No. They could. It could have. You could have easily done that. And then I would have been like, hmm, I guess that's why. Yeah. No, I. I'm not arguing any of that. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I did. I'm very impassioned about this. I, I will say easily my favorite scene, aside from the um, Isabel Huppert is Michael Myers, is just the scene where she's in the the restaurant and she orders her wine. She just act, like acts like a baby. And I mean, yeah. like to watch that also and thinking of a poor waiter or waitress like breaks my heart. But just the way, it's just her acting in that scene and the way she's dressed, she's dressed very chicly and she orders the wine and she just like tosses it on the ground. And then she just does the thing that I've always wanted to do, but never will probably in life, where she just pulls the the tablecloth off and makes a scene and then Vivaldi's Four Seasons is playing and it's just this moment of like heightened camp where you're like, ooh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm with you. And then it's just stupid. It's just, it's just, it cannot decide if it takes this character seriously, if it feels bad yeah. for her, if it's scared of her or anything. It has no point of view. And, and Chloe Moretz, who's a, who's a good little actress who has a lot of charisma, is bland as shit in this movie. She has nothing to play off. She is just, the character is dull. It's hard to understand anybody being obsessed with her. Uh, and it just makes it, like, just an uneven, it's it's just wrong. It's just a, a wrong, wrong movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Not, not compelling or fun or any yeah. of the things that it should have or could have been. Yeah, and it really could have been something. Mm-hmm. Good concept. <sighs> oh, well. Do you recommend <laughs> Greta to the people at home? No. No, I know. I'm with you. Like, as much as I'm saying this is a movie where you get Isabel Huppert dressed 
like in you know I don't know like Gavache or whatever the brands are looking great and playing crazy and drinking wine and spitting it out it it is not good it is not fun it is frustrating yeah yeah and I, Chloe Moretz's dress is very strange in this movie. I did not understand her wardrobe oh, choices. I loved her outfit. I there were parts of some of them I liked, others I just didn't. I thought they were very. Some of her sweater choices were very unflattering. I thought. I get it. I liked them though. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah, different. <laughs> and if you're wondering, yes, of course the dog dies. Oh yeah, that was unnecessary. I think I keep putting it out of my brain because it's again like. <laughs> You know, you talk about, like, oh, well, like, what's the matter with Helen had, like, kind of a mean streak to it. Like, this movie, there's a dog. And, like, I knew it. I was watching it on the plane, so I couldn't check does the dog die at .com. But I just, I, like, accepted. I'm like, this dog is going to die. There's no way this dog yeah. isn't going to die. And, like, there's no reason for her to kill the dog. Like, she seems okay with the dog at home. Like, she wanted a dog. She has the dog. The dog's really well behaved. It's a senior dog. Yay for adopting senior dogs. It's a good message to send. But... She just kills a dog, like, just because I guess they decided to make the character kind of an asshole. I don't know. Yeah. It just felt unnecessary and infuriating, like, so much of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think it's, it's streaming anywhere unless you're flying Delta on a long trip and it will be on there, and I don't recommend it. Yeah, I mean, it's you can rent it from Amazon. It's 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 there. Yeah. But it's a huge disappointment. For sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. So on on to happier matters, you have a streaming thing to recommend to people. I do. It's uh, on Shudder. And I know a lot of people were saying that it was very good. I do not know if you were one of the people that were saying that. I can't remember. Um, But it is uh, Hell House LLC. Oh, I did not like this movie. I liked it so much. I did not. Tell me why you liked it. Um, I like haunted house stuff. It's very scary to okay. me. I like that they told it in a in a kind of out of order, but in order. And I thought for once it worked. Like the the slow reveal of like, oh well, that happened because it was actually this. Okay, fair. I thought that actually worked for me, and a lot of the times it it doesn't nowadays. Um. So I liked that a lot. Um, I don't know. I I kind of liked the character. I just really liked it. It worked. It scared me, and I had to hide my face a couple times. Aww, aww, I I face. Think, <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with like my terror surrounding um, like haunts and haunted mm, attractions sure. stuff. And I said that about Hellfest. Hellfest really worked for me seen because Hellfest. I'm scared of these things. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, it's, so, it's like I was. Yeah, in theory, it's a great concept of, oh, it's a haunted house, so you're not suspecting anything, and yet it makes it, it's a very effective setting. Why didn't you like it? I felt two primary things. One, I felt like I couldn't see anything. Um, and that Interesting. The other thing, I didn't care about anybody. I didn't find any of the characters interesting. All the dudes blended together. The only person I, like, cared anything for it was the one chick because i knew that was a different person than the rest of the people all the Mm -hmm. dudes blended i thought the guys were all kind of assholes but i couldn't really tell because i don't know if that was just one of them being an asshole over and over again or if it was all of them because they just blended all white people i don't think there was a single person of color in that movie um unless you you count clowns the clowns are technically wearing colors 
You might be right about yeah. that. You yeah. might be completely right. Yeah. So I just did not care for it at all. There is a sequel. So I well, I saw the sequel. Oh. Um not as good. Okay. I felt similar about like how I felt about Grave Encounters and then the sequel to Grave Encounters. Mm, okay. It, it, I, I loved Grave Encounters and I felt like the sequel was overly ambitious and ex- tried to explain too much and just did a lot of extra stuff. Similar, the sequel to this is just like, let's explain stuff that nobody was wondering about, but mm. also let's do the same exact stuff over and over again. Okay. It's kind of like, oh, I, I mean, I guess. I gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, that's my recommend. I liked it a lot. I'm I'm sad that you didn't, that's but okay. I understand why. Yeah. No, I'm, I'll be interested then. Everybody, pick your side. Who do you like more, me or Christine? I mean, which movie do you like it or do you not like Hell Houses? <laughs> Wait, is that? I didn't realize that's what we were. It's doing. all a popularity right. contest, you know. Well, just right, interesting I it. because I think you and I. T- I well, if, you know what's funny? I think the way like our tastes line up most of the time. And then yes. there's very, I think, specific exceptions. And one of them are, are sometimes films like What's the Matter with Helen, like where they're just there's something that I gravitate towards in a movie that maybe isn't as key for you. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other part, I think, is certain, for the most part, you and I usually are in line for horror, except sometimes not. <laughs> I think yeah. there's certain things that work better for you and work better for me. And I always think back to like Yellow Brick Road, which I loved and you yep. did not. And so, I'm I, always, not. so I always like use that as the line. I'm like, there's something in this movie that explains the separation of you and I when it comes to certain horror films. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, what, I, you know, what I, do you got? I was kind of remiss in my duties and didn't find a specific film, but I will say, um, We've had Hulu on a lot in the background as of late, and Brandon's been putting King of the Hill on quite a bit, just because it's like one of those, oh, I can put it on the background, it's easy. Good God, what a wonderful TV show King of the Hill was. Truly, truly it was. Just, like, so far we've kind of been staying to, like, season one, I think we're still in, but just realizing, like, the show that was so small in many ways... And never quite got the, like, full attention it deserved because it it wasn't The Simpsons. It wasn't South Park. Like, it didn't do anything huge the way a lot of those other shows did. But, like, man, look at that family. Look at Hank Hill. Look at Peggy Hill. Look at Bobby Hill. Look at Luann. Those are four great, defined, like, characters that you just love. And they are interesting and different and it is impossible not to root for them. And it's just such a good show. I agree. Yeah. So everybody, I, watch King I of the Hill. I agree, yep. Yeah, it's, it's on Hulu. And I, it's like airing on one of these channels all the time also. So if you have cable, it's there somewhere. So yeah. I don't know why I said that with disdain, well, but... That's a good one. Yeah, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah. All right. So do you have anything burning up your Seattle pants of what you'd like to cover next? Uh, not really. I mean, I think that we should probably do something non-horror-ish mm-hmm. or okay. like overtly genre sure. because we are nearing October, which is when <gasps> oh, I just can't right. get enough. No, no, no. I know. Are you doing your 31 days of spookiness or? Damn right I am. Okay, girl, you do it. It's the, it's the only thing keeping me going in this terrible world. Oh, 
All right. Well, good. So we will think of something that is not um, horrific, and we will announce that on Facebook once we decide what that is. Woohoo! All right. Cool. All right, everybody. Enjoy the end of summer days. Yeah, I, ugh, I hope I hope it's over soon. <laughs> it 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 cooled down a little bit this this week, but it just made it really humid, and I can tell by my hair. Like, there's two ways you can tell humidity. One is you just realize, like, why am I sweating so much? I'm just sitting here. I'm not moving. Why am I sweating? The other is, I don't know if you have this problem. Like, usually Brandon will just look at me and say, like, a little humid out there. I'm like, oh, because I just get my Jan Brady spit curls that just kind of pop yeah, out of my head. I definitely get some yeah. some humidity yeah. uh, waves. So, you know, enjoy the your last days of fighting that, everybody. And soon it will be fall and, and, and good times coming our way well and go enjoy some ladies terrorizing people <laughs> you know like be like find your best friend and don't kill them yeah or, don't or kidnap them, them and, and brainwash them into cooking hungarian stew for you like no you don't have to do that there are other ways just instead do yoga with your bitchy rich friend and like crash at her loft it's a better way to live right i think so all right that note so. good night everybody good night Always be bosom buddies, friends, sisters, and pals. We'll always be bosom buddies. If life should reject you, there's me to protect you. If I say that your tongue is vicious, if I call you uncouth, it's simply that. Who else but a bosom buddy? Again, I'm aware that my candid opinion may sting. Though often my frank observation might scald. I've been meaning to tell you for years, you should keep your hair natural like mine. If I kept my hair natural like yours, I'd be bald. But, darling, we'll always be dear companions. My crony, my mate, will always be harmonizing. Orphan Annie and Sandy, like Amos and Andy. If I say that your sense of style's as far off as your youth, it's simply that. Who else but a somebody will tell you the whole stinking truth? Each time that a critic has written, your voice is the voice of a frog. Straight to your side to defend you, I rush. You know that I'm there every time that the world makes an unkind remark. When they say Vera Charles is the world's greatest lush. It hurts me And if I say your fangs are showing Mane pull in your claws It's simply that Who else but a bosom buddy Will notice the obvious flaws 
Then it's my duty to tell you it's time to adjust to your age. You try to be peg of my heart when you're Lady Macbeth. Exactly how old are you, Vera? The truth. How old do you think? Oh, I'd say somewhere in between 40 and death. But sweetie, I'll always be Alice Toklas if you'll be Gertrude Stein. And though I'll admit I've dished you, I've gossiped and gloated, but I'm so devoted. And if I say that sex and guts made you into a star It's simply that Who else but a somebody Will tell you how rotten you are Just turn to your bosom body For aid and affection For help and direction For loyalty, love and for soon Remember 